This is my name is uh, Jerry Ross Rothbart. Oh, hey, Jerry Ross Rothbart. I'm uh, Lucas Neff, and we have a special guest in our special guest. part three of our special midterm candidate flipping the house spotlight. Flipping it, flip, flip, and it's Johnny Pemberton. It's me, hey, Johnny. Kevin Tipcorn from House Flippers. Kevin Tipcorn, <laughs> yeah. House Flipping the House. Hey, K Dog. Oh, is that what you're talking us? about? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about painting. Yeah. He's flipping the house. He's painting the house blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, th- in all honesty, though, I know we joke around a lot on this show and I, I want to be sincere for a second. That Colonial's this is... the best way to go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I want to be sincere for a second here and say this is one of our best episodes we've ever done. Uh, yeah. Including the ones with Johnny. This is better. Um, is we well, we have a candidate who uh, can flip a, uh, a seat right near us mm-hmm. in California's, California's 48th district. His name's Harley Ruda. 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 Harley Ruda. Oh yeah. How do you spell that? Uh, R-O-U-D-A, like Gouda with an R. Running oh, against, cool. um, I want to say, a subhuman lizard. I can't mm-hmm. believe that guy's real. The thing about the gay and lesbian house thing... I, we're talking well, about yeah, Dana Rohrabacher. Don't give it away, here. but yeah. We're Dana, talking we're, about... We're going to mention why Dana Rohrabacher... Mm-hmm. What, what you hear Johnny talking about now, you will hear why Dana Rohrabacher uh, thinks that gays and lesbians shouldn't own homes. I just can't mm-hmm. believe that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harley Ruda's opponent, Dana Rohrabacher, is, uh, is a 30-year incumbent in California's 48th district. He uh, believes that homeowners should be al- allowed to refuse the right to sell to LGBT <laughs> people, which He's is also crazy. a victim of lead mm-hmm. poisoning. Um, Doesn't believe in uh, climate change, is a only has Putin. three yeah, valves in his heart. Yeah, he's <laughs> missing a central toe on both feet, um, and also pees into his asshole. <laughs> Pays with all change at the CVS line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Under keeps you waiting. So all we all day know why. He's a all... nickel guy. He loves nickels. <laughs> Okay. Sucks on so, so we're going to talk about you shouldn't vote for Dana, but yes. one of the reasons that we're excited to have Harley on, he's a business leader. Uh, he used to be a Republican, but he's a centrist and felt the party left him behind, so he's now registered as a Democrat. Fully left. Uh, and he is ready to run uh, because he believes that the two most pressing issues that he talks about, he believes, are climate change and infrastructure in this mm-hmm. country. And he's hoping to bring sanity back to Washington. And take corporate money out of politics. Yeah. What do you say we uh, get high and talk to Harley Rauda? Let's talk to Harley Ruda. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Slip, stitch, and pass. Saving the world. With Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. Thanks so much for joining us, Harley. Thanks so much for making time. I know you have a very busy schedule. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, we appreciate it. Can yeah. we leap in? Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, okay. We don't want to make the like, most uh, of our time. We don't want to ambush you here with questions right away, but are you, uh, are you ready to go? Yeah, let's roll. Sweet. Sweet. Um, Barry, I think you had a. We, we were we were talking about yeah. you, and we had sort of a question we were that we wanted about to lead you. with uh, a little bit of your history. Well, I, I kind of want to start if if it's okay where I want to start. It's okay, um, yeah. You just... I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm curious. Uh, how do you manage being in a in a nationally um, a nationally recognized race versus um, 
dealing with with the needs of your district. Yeah, I just I just read about uh, this this race in the New York Times today. They yeah, were talking about so, how tightly contested this district is. Yeah, how do you balance being that on a national of, stage that national spotlight with the lo- with local issues and local needs? Well, I think it's all centered around the local issues as well as Representative Rohrbacher's uh, past statements that he's made, his positions that provides the national attention, right? Where else are you going to find a guy who has come out and and said that homeowners shouldn't have to sell their homes to, quote, gays and lesbians, who supports the idea of training and arming high school students with loaded weapons on uh, the, the high school premises? who is considered Russia's favorite congressman uh, and who doesn't believe in climate change. I mean, all of these things are just so outlandish that he obviously brings a lot of attention to this race. Yeah, well, you know, why do you, he's been representative there for a while. Why do you think he's been able to stay in office for so long with these kind of crazy, crazy views? I'll, I'll tell you why. You know, part of running a campaign a successful campaign is helping educate voters as to uh, what your values are and what your opponent's values are. And Mm -hmm. I think past candidates haven't had either the money or the ability to get out and really connect with voters and make it very clear as to why their values better represent uh, the district and the current incumbent. And we've been very successful in educating voters as to who the who the real Dana Rohrabacher is. Yeah, I was reading something about he, he's only passed something like three bills uh, in his entire time in Congress, or something like that. He's, he has a, a very small legislative record, something like that. So he hasn't he hasn't gotten a lot exactly. Done. It, no, you're right. And the most recent bill that he authored was 14 years ago. And the other interesting thing. Wow. Is if you look at all the bills he has submitted to Congress, almost um, half of them, he's the only one on the bill. In other words, he couldn't find one other Republican to add their name to the bill. It's kind of sad. Yeah. He's so, so he's sort of essentially the loser of Congress. <laughs> please, please don't Does feel sorry for him. Them? Do you guys know if there's a lunch table? dollars for 30 years. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm no fan of Dana for sure. Um, I'm curious, um, how, how did you decide to run and when did you decide to run? And, and you know, I think it's, it's common knowledge that you're, you were registered Republican at some point and, um, and obviously now you're running as a Democrat. I think you... you I read an article where you'd mentioned it, it. Your your views were more aligned with a Democrat for a while, but <clears throat> when did you make that leap, and when did you decide to run? So I left the Republican Party in 1997. Oh, okay. And you know, take us back in time. That's when Newt Gingrich kind of took over the Republican Party, and prior to that, you know, it was common to have Republicans who believed in environmental stewardship, believed in civil rights, believed in women's rights, believed in voting rights. Uh, believed in uh, that you could be a moderate and it's obviously gone way way to the right since then so um, uh, that, that's the primary reason I left the Republican Party and uh, uh, was an independent for the next 20 years and uh, the decision to run was a frustration with both parties this yeah. mm-hmm. party first country second mentality this unwillingness to reach across the aisle and for most voters, the 2016 presidential election came down to which personality you hated more or liked more. And it wasn't a discussion about the issues. And that's not what our founders wanted. 
Yeah, I, I I have a. I'm curious in your time campaigning. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people from the district, and it's a district uh, that is traditionally run pretty red. But I would imagine there's a fair amount of of centrist, maybe small C conservatives there as well. What is the conversation with them about the current uh, electoral climate? Uh, you know, what are what if you've encountered sort of like more in the middle Republicans? What are they saying about about the the current state of things to you? What's going on on the streets there. Yeah, what's the word? What's the word on the streets? Yeah, what's interesting is, you know, issues, whether it's local issues or national issues, and many of those national issues that are important here are important across the country, whether we're talking about health care, uh, immigration reform, uh, creating jobs and making sure that everybody has economic opportunity, uh, women's rights, all of these are important issues, and, and certainly climate change. Uh, but what we're seeing right now that rises to the top is a frustration from those in the middle, whether they are leaning right or leaning left and everybody in between, a frustration with the direction our country is going under uh, the Trump administration, this this pitting Americans against Americans and uh, and and a sense that you're not that certain people such as our president aren't stepping up and taking on those who are attacking our democracy, such as Russia. And tired of the lies, try, tired of of, uh, of taking shots at common Americans, and they feel enough is enough. Yeah, yeah. I, especially talking about Russia, you know, and uh, you know, with Dana Rohrbacker being known as uh, I, I've he's heard Putin's people, pal. he's Putin's Putin's boy. How did he get to be Putin's boy? Um, was that a, was that a friendship before? Yeah, it's, was that it's a, a pre-existing long, friendship. Long, yeah, maybe long, Harley. Long. Can you can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, he's had a long, long relationship with many people in Russia that has raised a lot of eyebrows from his uh, admittedly being close friends with Putin uh, to being accused of being on Putin's payroll by Kevin McCarthy mm -hmm. uh, to taking checks from convicted felon Paul Manafort to meeting with Russian operatives to meeting with Russian spies that he knew were spies that just recently came out just about two weeks ago. So this long history of pushing forth Russia's agenda uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, at best is uh, uh, you, you, there's an old adage that you're, you're, you're either a spy, an asset, or a useful idiot. And where <laughs> Rohrbacher may fall on that spectrum, I do think time will tell. But we need to recognize he's the only member of Congress that has been pulled into Mueller's investigation regarding uh, uh, the, the, the situation with Russia. Yeah. And he was also investigated by the House Intelligence Committee. I mean, yeah, I, I, I personally would, would definitely be a useful idiot at best. I think, uh, you know, if I were to participate, I don't think in he's saying everyone country. falls under those three, right? <laughs> Only people. No, no, no. It's everybody, right? We're all either spies, assets, or useful idiots. No asset. I'm an asset. I, I, I Barry mentioned earlier uh, that moment when you decided to run, and I am really interested if there was a moment for you uh, in particular where it's like, where you know, were you? Uh, yeah. What, what did it look like? And if, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of our candidates was in the shower. Were you also bathing when you decided to run for office, or what was that moment like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, it, it certainly started with the 2016 election. So the first steps I did was it was a conversation with my wife and I. And uh, I've been married for 28 years. We've always worked hard together, both in business and philanthropy. And we had talked about me running for office when I was younger. 
And, and it was really her saying, you know, it, it's time. I think our country needs people to, like you to step up. So from there, we talked to uh, leaders of the Democratic Party of Orange County to make sure that if they had somebody on the bench, I would support them 100%, but if they didn't have somebody on the bench, I was prepared to, to jump in if they, if they felt I would be a good candidate. And after meeting with them, I was encouraged to run by them. So I went back to the family, uh, my wife, our four kids who are all in their 20s, and uh, made sure everybody understood what this meant and, uh, and then took the plunge. But I'll tell you a funny story. The, uh, after deciding to run and going back and, and telling the, uh, the, the leaders of the, the Democratic Party here, okay, I'm in, I'm ready to go, where's the game plan? And to be honest, there's not really a game plan. And if you've never run for office, it's a pretty steep learning curve, right? Mm -hmm. So what did I do? We, we actually had no idea what to do, my wife and I. So we did what everybody does when you don't know the answer to something. You Google it. So we start Googling uh, campaign, campaign strategists and campaign managers and political strategists and going through our LinkedIn, looking for that second, third, fourth removed person who's tied to the industry. And unlike, I've, I've had the fortune of running businesses from startup to 10,000 people, I thought it'd be just like hiring a law firm, right? You, you uh, find out what they charge, you make sure you don't have a conflict and you hire them. But it doesn't work that way here. In this industry, uh, they only wanna be hired if they think you can win. And the general response was, who the hell is this guy, Harley Ruda in Orange County, who thinks he can uh, beat a 30 year incumbent who just won by 17 points? And yeah. uh, that's a valid question, but you know, since then we now have we're tied in the polls or slightly ahead, so mm -hmm. we've come a long way. Yeah, and it, with all due respect, your name sounds like uh, like a cool bully in an '80s movie, <laughs> <laughs> which in a good way. You know, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't heard that analogy, but, uh, uh, but I do know that we're we're we're, we're confident we'll get the uh, Harley bikers vote and and the all the people who oh. have dogs named Harley for some reason. Yeah, why yeah. are dogs named Harley? Harley. People love it. Marley, Harley. I've seen a lot of Bella and Luna are like every dog Ooh. is named Bella and Luna. I've never met a Bella. I, You've honestly, never met a Bella and Luna? You're ever. lying. I knew a Harley dog. I, you know, that's a good thing, but. Well, thanks, Johnny. Johnny's <laughs> here to contribute Johnny as corner. always. This is, uh, we're um, happy to have Pepper. I'm curious. So, <laughs> so you I'm mentioned, you, you, it's funny, you, you mentioned running for office as an industry. Um, how do you approach campaign finance? What's, what's been your approach to that? Well, I'm not taking any corporate uh, money, unlike okay. my opponent, Dana Rohrabacher, who's in the pocket of the special interest groups from uh, the gun lobby to big oil, big gas, tobacco, you name it. He hasn't met a, uh, a corporate special interest uh, handout that he didn't like. Uh, I will tell you the money in politics is a problem, and we need to address it. And I'm fully committed in getting to Congress with working with others in complete campaign finance reform, starting with rolling back the outcomes from the uh, dreadful Citizens United decision by the Supreme Court. Is that possible now with the new justice? Well, I think it is. I think, it, you know, it, it may be 2020 when we take back the Senate and the White House, but just because a decision states that corporations are people too, and by the way, 
Uh, I'm pretty sure none of you guys have ever dated a corporation or made out with a corporation. I did one time. I mean, there's some people. <laughs> but, uh, but, one time it was summer. It was like near uh, a lake. Yeah. Yeah. We were in, we were you, in you Sicily. And, you was, and Mitch McConnell. Was, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I had It was a Mitch McConnell's building. Do you think, um, speaking of, because, you know, Dana, Dana's been uh, in office for 30 years, and I think, I th- I, you know, I see sort of the problem as twofold with private money, uh, uh, and, and term limits of the two of those two things. Do you think that Congress people should have term limits, or uh, you know, outside, outside of I think we all agree that private money needs to at least be hugely uh, diminished in politics. Which of those is, do you think a more pressing issue? The the fact that people can become career politicians, or that people can take money from chat. You know, can take a lot of dark money to influence policy. Dark money. Well, it's actually the way I look at the problem. The reason we have such deep partisan politics right now are three reasons. First, it's because of gerrymandering. Now, we don't have gerrymandering here in California, but most (laughs) states still have gerrymandering. So the the party in power uh, gerrymanders the districts to support the election of their representatives, which tends to make these districts highly partisan so that the person who's the most extreme is is going to be the one who wins the primary who then wins the general and and, and that means the far right or the far left Mm -hmm. second you take the money that's come into politics because of the citizens united decision and to put it in perspective that decision was made in 2010 there's 140 million dollars of dark soft money before that decision in 2016 it was 1.6 billion dollars so you overlay that fuel on the gerrymandered districts, and it even makes it more partisan. And then third, social media and media in general, uh, we've become a nation that we only listen to points of view that support our own point of view. And we have to get back to being able to have conversations with uh, people who don't agree with us to find the common ground and not get into these rabbit holes as to what separates us, but, but look for what brings us together and mm. fight hard to pass legislation to support that. So if you did those things, you wouldn't need term limits because if you didn't have gerrymandered uh, uh, districts and you didn't have the dark money coming in, people would be uh, you know, forced to run on their record and not worry uh, and, and worry about getting reelected. Uh, but if we're not going to get those things done, then, yeah, term limits is definitely something we should be discussing. I have a question. Uh, yeah, Johnny. Please, Johnny. The, Johnny the Citizens United, when that passed... That was something that was uh, essentially by. I always looked at it as something where this is Democrats and Republicans basically helping each other out, so there's no chance for an independent voice to come in. So, I guess I want. How did it become something that was mainly supported by Republicans? Because it seems like something initially that would benefit both parties because yeah. they're both able to raise so much money. I mean, obviously Republicans have more, uh, typically are more corporate, but. I guess I don't understand how it became what it is now. Well, it does support both parties. Of that $1.6 billion, approximately 60% went to Republicans and 40% to Democrats. So, you know, there are Democrats who benefit from it as well. And that's why we need to hold politicians accountable who say they want campaign finance reform to actually do it when they get to office or who are in office. And uh, uh, because there is a concern that some who say they want the change may not actually fight for that change if, uh, if, if they're a beneficiary of that money. 
Yeah, I, I have a, a quick uh, follow-up question. I actually, I don't know if it's a follow-up, but it sounded good to say follow-up. <laughs> um, uh, as far as Russia, we mentioned Russia, and you know, the House is is um, the the first uh, line of defense, I guess, when it comes to impeachments, and um, it, the House is is pretty important when it comes to the to the Mueller report as well. How do you see if you get elected? How are you going to approach that? And um, do you, do you have any opinions on what's going on with the Mueller the Mueller report? Yeah, I've said all along that the we we need to make sure Mueller has the time to do the breadth and depth of the investigation that his work deserves, mm-hmm. and it's certainly uh, paying dividends already when you look at the number of people who have been indicted or have pled guilty. Uh, because of his investigation. So let's get through the investigation. Let's see what the investigation says. And if there is reason at that time to take action, then we'll take action. But we certainly shouldn't be uh, trumpeting uh, the idea of impeachment until that report is fully completed Mm -hmm. and disseminated. Um, The House is in charge of investigations uh, uh, for a lot of different areas as well. I'm curious, uh, Schiff, would be in charge, uh, Adam Schiff, uh, a representative from California, would become uh, head of the uh, committee on uh, is it foreign intelligence and security and, and things like I, th- I forget the exact name of it, and I apologize. But would you support opening more investigations into these sort of like other areas of interest that have come up through um, this investigation into collusion? Because there's been a lot of sort of like tax fraud. There's been a lot of other sort of tangential corruption and criminality. Would you support opening investigations into these areas if it seemed uh, pertinent? Well, full disclosure, I do have a man crush on Congressman Schiff. (laughs) And I guess I just think he I, I think he carries himself in a way that is an example for all elected officials. Uh, he, you know, he he has a decorum and the diplomacy that we expect in those who are elected. As far as actual investigations, you know, we have an obligation as members of Congress to to investigate uh, pursuant to Article One. Uh, you know, those areas that are are fall within the the ballywick of of the job, and uh, we certainly need to do that if there are reasons to do so. But I also want to be very clear here. Uh, we cannot get bogged down in investigations. We have to put the work of the country and our communities first. Mm-hmm. What would so be the let's focus one on pressing, where we can have. One... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. For, for me, the, the, yeah, the, the, the most the, pressing legislative issue for you, uh, then, you know, what, what, what do you think the country needs to deal with first and foremost? Infrastructure and climate change, and, I, and they, yeah. they go hand in hand. I agree. And yeah. we, we've had Infrastructure yeah. Week every week for 50 straight weeks. This is a bipartisan issue. We have support on both sides of the aisle to address our crumbling infrastructure across our country. And we need to sit down with uh, both sides and hammer this out and get it done. Second, we need to recognize that climate change is absolutely real. But it's also an opportunity, an opportunity to create the clean tech, clean energy industries of tomorrow and all of the jobs that go with it. And I'm actually committed to doing, you know, attempting best I can to make Southern California the hallmark of clean tech, clean energy industries. Great. Um, yeah. That's a great answer. We have uh, we, we like to do a segment. All right, this is exciting. Before it's you get right. out of here, we're going to do a quick <laughs> a segment. a little bit of time left with you. Uh, it's a segment where we get to know you a little bit better. Is that some, does that sound fun? 
It'll be nice in it. It will be, na- it'll be nice. I feel like we're best friends already. To we're, be honest, we're so close right now. We're such amigos by this point that I think you're gonna do great, Harley. I've done um, it before. It's it's really cool and chill. <laughs> yeah, it's called the lightning round. <laughs> it's essentially just some fast questions. Uh, I'm gonna ask you five questions very quickly. Uh, you'll have a loose. 30 seconds to answer them. I'm going to ask all the questions uh, at, at, the, uh, at the get, and then uh, it'll be your job, Harley, to remember and answer those five questions as best you can. And honestly, honesty is very important here. Um, you don't have to answer them in order. Uh, you can answer them in any order you like, any order you remember. But if you answer all five questions, you can win a point. If you, you can ask for help if you can't remember anything. Uh, you can ask us for help. Then, then you don't get a point. Then you don't get a point. Is that, is that sound clear? <laughs> Rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> boy. Um, all right. Lightning round. Round one. Fight. <laughs> one. Bing. You and Paul Ryan are stuck in an elevator. What do you do or say? Two. What other vehicle should you be named after? Why? Three. <laughs> original Star Wars, prequel Star Wars, or new Star Wars? You have to be honest. Four. Describe America with three nouns. Five. If you win this election and you were to throw a pizza party to celebrate, what toppings would you put on the pizza, and would you invite your opponent? The floor <laughs> is yours. Uh, okay. Number one, I would quickly pull out my iPhone and get to work on something more important. <laughs> Uh, second. I don't even remember what that question was. Paul, Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan, Ryan elevator. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what other? Sorry. Uh, second, some sort of electrical vehicle by uh, one of the American manufacturers. Uh, uh, third, the original oh. Star Wars, of course. Okay, good, uh, good. Like fourth, that. Three. I disagree. Nouns that describe America: uh, uh, innovative, strong, and compassionate. Okay, well, those are all... And last... <laughs> those are not nouns. Those are not nouns. I'm just going to let you know that right now. <laughs> They're not they? nouns. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I was going to um, go with big, bold, we're beautiful. We're coming back to that one. We're going to save that one for uh-huh. the final few seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just giving you a clue. I'm trying to help you out here. And the last, you want to talk pizza now? Mm-hmm, yeah. You want to talk pizza? Let's talk pizza. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going California here. I'm going vegetarian. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Vegan, not... Uh, ve- vegetarian or Vegan. This is a tough one. What's that? <laughs> vegetarian or vegan? Vegetarian? No, I'm going vegetarian. You yeah, gotta have, gotta have cheese. Pizza without cheese. Delicious. Pizza without cheese, I don't really think qualifies as pizza. No, You're it's right. like a warm bruschetta. It's mistake pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. You got one left. One question left and about five seconds left on the clock. <laughs> Five, four, three. You have, a, you have more time. All right, Describe let's go America with three uh, now. Leader, protector. What's the rest of the team thing? Anybody? Rock. Anybody? Rock. rock. Sand is good. I would have gone with rock, paper, or scissors here. <laughs> Each of those would be a winner. Um, uh, I would have gone with food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Cash. just hungry. Uh-huh. Um, money. Uh, you know, freedom innovator. could be another one. Innovator. Yeah, a leader, protector, innovator. innovator. I love all those. I like that. Well, you did it all without asking for any help, So, uh, uh, and I liked your answers. It felt real to me. It felt honest to me. Um, I'm going to give you a point, Harley. Hey! Hey, congratulations. 
hopefully uh Did unfortunately you give me an invite back to the show <laughs> yeah oh anytime welcome back anytime um we have All a little right, bit of good. time left with you uh we we finish up with two sort of final questions here which is that uh if our if you could tell our listeners or we have a very active mobile uh, uh upward base, mobile upwardly listeners. mobile listening base uh if they if there's a cause or organization or it could be yourself and your election campaign that you think uh would behoove our listeners to donate their time or resources to uh what would it be thank you i would welcome the opportunity to put in the shameless plug right now yeah um, but it's not just shameless i truly believe our democracy is under attack and that this is the most important election in our lifetimes. And I would hope your listeners will go to Harley for Congress.com and make a contribution. Number four. Because yeah, this race right now isn't, this race is an absolute toss up and it comes down to voter contact and getting people out to vote. And if we get people out to vote, just as president Obama said, if we vote, we win. So if you make contributions, it will help us win this very, very important race. And that's Harley for Congress, H-A-R-L-E-Y-F-O-R-C-O-N-G-R-E-S-S.com, yes? Exactly. Yes. And if you want a phone bank or knock on doors, we'll, we'll, we'd will we love to have you volunteer as well. Yeah, and this is California's 48th district over in Orange County, so it's nearby for our California listeners. We can have I one vote? More. Uh, I don't know, can you? Yeah, I can vote. I'm allowed to vote. Can I vote? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, got it. That's all I want to know. And then our final final question. Final um, thing here. Why should we be hopeful? Yeah, give us a reason to be hopeful, Harley. Give us a reason to be hopeful, Harley. I I do think this is a a time where we can be hopeful. When you look at what happened the day after inauguration, when women across the world showed us that we did not have to take the Trump agenda sitting down, that we could stand up, we could resist, we could fight back. And you look at how little has been accomplished by uh, Donald Trump controlling both the Senate and the House. We should all be thankful for what we've accomplished so far. Now, the next step is take back the House on November 6th and bring sanity and checks and balances to our government, just as our founders wanted to see and uh, that should bring everyone lots of hope that we're headed back in the right direction. Great. So well, it's that we can come together. Yeah, and we can we yeah. can st- we can do we, we, we can, can be impactful. We can do amazing can, things when we all get together. Yeah, we can we can actually stop. Sorry the to craziness. reword what you said. It was <laughs> yeah, way more eloquent. When so you what said. you're saying is that everybody agree, b- brings an ingredient, we can make a really great pizza. A really great hey, vegetarian, great vegetarian pizza for <laughs> democracy. Um, thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Thank Harley. you so much. We're, we know you're busy. Everyone vote November sixth. Uh, we're rooting for you. Uh, go out and get them. And if you want to help Harley, go to harleyforcongress.com, and you can phone bank or canvas or knock on doors they'll find something for you to do uh thanks so much good luck candidate thank you very much take care guys take care bye-bye bye hey saving the worlders uh i'm barry and lucas is right next to me and we Hi, i'm right next to barry quickly talk about uh uh a, an app that basically saved our lives and saved uh a, a good portion of of our savings. Mm-hmm. It's called Robinhood. Yes, uh, Robinhood. It's an investment investment uh, <laughs> investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks really easily. Um, options, cryptos, all commission free. ETFS. Yeah. 
you name it. Uh, Robinhood sort of strives to make financial services work for everyone, uh, not just the wealthy. Even idiots like me. It's yep. so intuitive. Not intimidating. It's, it's, uh, it's a way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple, intuitive. It's got a clear design. It's uh, with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. Yeah, I'm a moron, but when I signed up and started using my account, like it, it, mm-hmm. it, it makes the stock market a thing that's easier to understand and easier to sort of like participate in if you want to become an investor. I never would have said this, but the, the stock market's kind of fun. Yeah, it is kind of fun, but it, yep. it's also one of those things that can be really daunting to someone who's not familiar yep. with it. And other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission at all. No fees um, for trading stocks, and uh, you get to keep all of your profits. Uh, it's got a lot of super easy-to-understand charts and market data, uh, so you can make informed decisions. Yep. You can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. That's right. And Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock. Like, you could you could get Apple, Ford, Sprint. You could buy stock in our podcast, maybe. I don't know if it's public. To help build <laughs> your portfolio. So sign up at Robinhood.com. That's Robinhood.com. Check it out. It's great. It's a good show.